Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Welcome to episode 11 of the Drone Business Talk. Today's guest is Benoit Ribeiro, and Benoit has a lot of experience in the drone industry, creating a network, understanding the market, and flying drones himself. Benoit is a UAS agent, one of the very few agents in the world. So I'm happy, very happy to have him here. Welcome, Benoit. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm go- I'm doing very good. And you? I'm doing great. Could you maybe introduce yourself a little bit more? So yes, uh, I started uh, in the drone industry. Uh, back in 2012 as a UAV instructor for a French company called Lehman Aviation, a company that specializes in a fixed wing, uh, less than two kilo, um, you know, uh, kind of drones. And, um, but prior, prior to that, I, I start. I really, actually, totally started this adventure because I, I, this is really an adventure. Started back in 2010 uh, when I started flying remote control helicopters. I, my first idea was, okay, let's try to f- to find something productive to do about it. So I was not really the kind of guy good enough to fly uh, in 3D with the helicopter. But uh, I immediately thought about, okay, let's put a camera on it and look at the footage and see what it looks like. And immediately I wanted to do something out of it. So I started with this uh, remote control helicopters and put some camera on it. And, uh, and I, I was already stoked by the first results. Now, if I look at them, uh, <laughs> I find them shaky and it's not really the quality I would look for. But uh, it really gave me the idea that, wow, if we can do that with electric, electric helicopters, there is going to be a, with the developments, there is going to be something very important coming after this. So that was the beginning of the, of the adventure. I forgot to mention that back then I was uh, still living in this very beautiful island of Mauritius. And uh, <laughs> I had uh, my job. Uh, at that time was really non-aviation related because I was a call center manager and I was uh, I just started to fly uh, remote control helicopters uh, as, as a hobby and uh, and it uh, it put me outside it was very good I could take fresh air and I made and I really started to understand that I was not really a hundred percent office guy I mean, I like the office life, but I also like to be on the field, to be outside. So I, I sort of understood that, okay, it's really cool to go out and take uh, aerial pictures. And uh, it's a good way because you're outside in the nature. And, and it was, I, I started to really feel like some kind of freedom in it. And I, this is the reason why I went into this, uh, into this activity. Absolutely. It look it sounds like you've been in drones for what eleven years now? When did it uh, when did it grow to, into a business? Yes. Yeah, it's actually it's actually eleven years, yes, to be to be yeah, including if if I include the, the, the beginning as a you know, in my pioneer uh let's say year uh 
the first development year, yes, it's it's in total 11 years in the business, yes. It's a very long time. Um, it's a very I can long imagine time. that you're very passionate about aviation and about drones. What do you uh, do yeah. to relax? What do I do to relax? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I love to go surfing. Uh, I am very lucky because I live uh, near Porto. So Porto is, is a really one of the very rare cities in Europe where you can, uh, you can surf uh, just a few minutes away from the city center. So it's very, it's very beautiful. It's, very, it's a very good place to live for me as a surfer. So another thing I do is I fly my paramotor. So it's power paraglider. It's like a, it's a paraglider, but with a, when I put a, I put a, a motor on my back and I fly with this. And uh, apart from that, uh, I like to read books and uh, play the piano. <laughs> All right, that's cool. I think you're forgetting an, an important one. That's called traveling. Which one? Uh, yeah, traveling. I saw your LinkedIn picture with an elephant and I was like, hey, that's, that's going to be one of his passions as well, right? Yes, that's true. I love traveling. Uh, I forgot because for me, I don't even think of it as a leisure. I, it's kind of a way of life, actually. Uh, I love traveling. Um, yeah, it's part of the, the life. The, yeah, what, what, what I like in life. I, lo I love traveling. I love meeting new people, getting immersed in, in new cultures and, and constantly having to uh, adapt and um, and it's like every every new place is like a new a new fresh way to it's like to wake up and yeah and i yeah, I, I really absolutely. love it <laughs> i can totally understand that that's also a nice way to keep the challenges going right yeah um well you're an uas agent um it's not something that i heard I, I haven't met a lot of UAS agents in my life. I think you were the first one. Could you tell me a little bit more about what it is actually that you do right now? Uh, okay, I have a news for you. I am going to uh, change my title from a, a UAS agent to drone agent, in fact, because uh, I'm going, one of my plans is going to, is I am going to venture into all kinds of drones, whether they be, uh, air, sea, land drones as well. So I, I prefer to be a drone agent now. All right. And as a as a drone agent, what is your role in in the drone industry? What so my okay, my role is uh, my mission is to help uh, drone companies to develop commercially uh, to address better the needs of the end users and. Uh, because you know drone companies very often are are a lot of them are small structures and they're very very focused on 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 you know making a product that is viable and and they are constantly uh, you know constantly striving with new technologies improvements and uh, i need to admit that very often you have very very talented people in these companies very often the founder of the company is a very talented let's say engineer uh, and they really have the engineering kind of mind but very often they, they lack a bit of uh, salesmanship you know 
so I, I am a person in between who like to use the systems. I really like to, to operate drones, fly drones. I, I love it. And at the same time, I'm, I'm so used to meeting their end user customers, the ones who I'm training, you know, the, 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 these people I'm training to use the drone systems that uh, I also know very well what their customers want. So I am the person in between, between the manufacturer on one side and the end user on the other side. So this is how I got the, this experience and I, see, I started to realize that, yes, it'd be great. Why not be someone in between and who can facilitate the business for everybody? Absolutely. Um, you're in quite a unique position. Um, because like you said yourself, you have the experience like with the boots on the ground, showing a client how to operate and what to do. Um, and on the other side, you have a passion for the technical aspect as well. Why do you think um, there's probably just 10 or 20 people like you? Why are there not like a thousand people? Ah, uh, I think the one, one of the very important things like to, you, you need to come with some kind of experience to be to be credible. I think you, you need to be, first of all, you need to be very sure of yourself. You need to know what you're talking about. And I think it would be very, very difficult for someone to come into the drone industry and fake it as a drone agent. I mean, you could try, but good luck to you. And yeah. so I, I base for on, on, on in my case, I, I base uh, my services on my experience on the field. Uh, and I'm really a field operation person. I love it. And but I also know all the challenges, a lot of challenges, not all because there's always new challenges, uh, a lot of challenges. And uh, and uh, yes, this this unique role as a, a middle person helps me to understand the needs of 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 uh, the needs in this industry this is why i want to offer my services uh, as an agent absolutely um you said something very interesting earlier um that you don't want yeah you you're going to change your name from uas agent to drone agent because you don't yeah. because you want to focus on on the maritime and on the ground as well why do you think those sectors of the drone industry are not as evolved as the aerial industry or am i wrong and are they all three equally evolved no i think the, the the drone industry well the drone when people think of drone they immediately think of okay um uh, drone aircraft so and this is how I, I thought of the industry for a very long time but then little by little i discovered that there is also maritime drones you have submarine drones uh, you have uh, land drones that can be very, also very useful. And in general, this is all these kind of remotely piloted uh, machines and uh, robotics uh, technology that, that, is, that is fantastic uh, to, to, to use uh, and can be of a very, very um, important, can play a very important role uh, in, 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 the, in operations. So yeah. I so I want really to diversify uh, my activities because there is something in common. Everything is remotely piloted, so I'm going to go for all these kind of um, uh, applications, 
I also recently, the reason also I'm thinking of it is because I also recently received a, a proposal with a meeting uh, with a land drone company. And I was thinking what they do is amazing. Uh, they have, for example, a robot that can help the fire, the fire brigades to fight a fire without risking a human life. And I found, oh, this is fantastic. So why not venture into this also? Yeah, it's it's something that I've 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 thought about a lot um, because obviously the the aerial drone market is the biggest market, but I I couldn't understand why because the maritime and in the ocean it's so much easier. There's no airplanes, no helicopters. It's just like a couple of boats and that's it. So why don't why don't we go into the aerial space first? I uh, know I started with with aircraft because uh, this is my my passion is aviation so everything that flies of course attracts me uh, but <laughs> I, I hope I, people will get me wrong <laughs> on that one so anyway I, I'm, I'm, I'm really an aviation enthusiast but I like also maritime domain and uh, and I find uh, even land applications can be very very interesting so I, I, I can see the, the future developments in this kind of robotics uh, are also going to be very important and, and, and crucial. So yes, I, I, I really, I, I feel I, I really want to, to go there, yeah. Does that yeah, answer to the question, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely a trend that we see um, with, with the drone operators close to us. They are diversifying into maritime drones and land drones as well um but on another note um the role that you play in the drone market is the, is a connection role between the client and between um the, the the drone business itself um <clears throat> the drone uh, market is very r d and so focused and a lot of um companies fail because they cannot reach effectively um, the market. How do you think we we can solve this? Is it only with a UAS agent, or how do you think we should we should handle this problem? I, I think the I think a UAS agent makes makes sense, a drone agent, uh, because yeah. for especially now because these companies a lot of them are still small, and uh, it's difficult for them to recruit an internal sales force. Okay, so. And, and even the sales force, if they have it, they need to be very specialized, a very specialized sales force that has already an experience of the terrain, which makes it even more complicated, which is they, they need to take their um, drone operation guys and make them turn them into salesmen at the same time. It's not always easy. Not everybody is born with, a, with this, uh, this, this ability. Do you think that sales is something that you can learn or is it something that has to be inside of you? Uh, I, I, when I was in my business school, I heard someone say something interesting. Uh, he said, you know, okay, it's very good. You are in a good business school, fantastic. But remember, uh, there is some people who know how to trade uh, uh, a lot of money, uh, but they barely know how, they barely know how to read but they know how to count. 
<laughs> and they're just good at trading i think some people are just like without going to any school they are just very talented for this and uh yeah it, uh... so i think so, to answer your question is sales is something kind of you have it or you don't have it it's something you something natural i think and of course you can develop it huh? we have to we all have to learn even if if you have a some uh, even if you like sales there's of course a lot of things we uh, we need to learn all the time of course of course you can be a surfer you can you can have talent to be a surfer but if you never practice to be a surfer you're not gonna exactly. be a surfer right <laughs> yeah not for <laughs> a long time or yeah practice makes perfect i'd say and and also i would say a humble attitude it's yes. uh it's important to stay humble and 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 uh always constantly teach ourselves new things and uh, yeah. how to how to do our job better um let me see in my question list uh, all right yeah one of the one of the things that is that is important and that you said is um, you cannot be the connecting role with, within the drone industry if you um, if you haven't been in the market. So if you don't know about each side of the market, I can imagine that um, for some clients it's very difficult to get a grasp of what it is that you actually do. Because I can imagine um, that, for example, a drone industry, so a drone operator or a drone manufacturer, for them your value is very clear. I can imagine that a client that for them it can be more difficult like if you have to sell to someone that they that you get a lot of a lot of um how to say it in a nice word um that you can get a lot of shit from the client in your face because you're the face of the company while actually you have nothing to do with it how is how is how is how is dealing with that oh so you you took from personal experience <laughs> so you you have taken some blows too is that <laughs> yeah i i do the the sales and the marketing for iTrack as well <laughs> okay and it it can be very difficult i find in my experience because you're always the face of the company and if something is wrong ah. then then you get the calls and people start calling you so how is that for you so as i would tell that i would say it's the same uh, it happened to me uh, many times to be you know on the front line uh, typically you are for example me i can be uh, on the other side of the world i can say quote when when one day i was in japan and i have this machine that was doing working well but the only problem is that for some reason the auto return didn't function so I had to teach my customer how to manually auto-return the drone. Imagine. <laughs> and so the customer was not very, very happy with that. And, and I had to make him uh, to, to, to tell him, you know, we are going to address this problem. But for now, you unfortunately, you, you need to auto-return your machine manually, which I, I taught him to do. And in the end, he managed to do it. But of course, at the beginning i had to it was it was a bit difficult because the customer put a lot of money in the system it was very crucial for him to succeed in the mission 
and uh, and and he was also he was also of course uh, uh, a bit uh, scared to to lose his own machine. Uh, so I had to I had to calm the customer. So I think it's one of our roles. And uh, so yeah, in the end in the end I managed to do it. But but it's it's true that there is moments where the customers. Uh, someone like like uh, like like you and me uh we're in, in the front line and and we have to it's part of the, our mission to also um sometimes to take some blows and and accept uh also this is where we need to be humble and transparent with the customer if something goes wrong it's not necessarily our fault sometimes there can be a problem with the production or there can be a a, a fault in the design and this is our role to uh, to talk to our producing producing company and say uh, okay we have this problem and uh, how can we fix the problem so we are we are really also apart from just uh, being in the front line with the customer we are we are really we are a trouble how do you say that uh, problem solvers yeah uh, a, a yeah. lot of the the mission consists in problem solving. But I say uh, we we also have a responsibility who we are working for, and uh, because we we choose finally, and me as an agent, I will choose carefully who I'm working for, uh, so that I will help people who have the same vision uh, of trying to meet customers' needs, uh, being transparent with the customer if something's not already okay we can try to work together to fix it but uh, this is my in the end i realized that uh, being honest and transparent is the is the easiest way to do business if you try to hide something or you over promise you're going to have a lot of work uh, after to try to fix your own mistakes or or to try to meet the customer's expectation because you set to the expectation too high yeah, absolutely. I think being honest is probably one of the most important things because it it will bite you back very quickly if if you're not yeah. honest. I think I'm not smart enough to be dishonest <laughs> at that stage. I think um, something very interesting that you said as well is um, so you you're there in the field with with your client. You're teaching him, okay, this is how you need to manually return the drone home. Yeah. Um, and that brings 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 me to the point of safety, um, because safety and definitely in, in aviation, it's like one of the, the main pillars is safety. Um, and for you and for me, we, we know that safety is like one of the most important things, definitely when you're mm -hmm. flying in an airspace where there's helicopters and planes and all buildings. The manufacturer knows that. A client, it's often a different story. Um, often a client wants to get its results as fast as possible. Um, and it's not negative to a client because I want my results as fast as possible from someone else as well. Um, but how do you, how do you deal with, um, bringing that aviation safety to a client who has not have had any experience with aviation safety? Yeah. One of the first things I do normally when I go to a customer is, uh, I, I firstly, I check what is his level of knowledge of aviation, or if he has any taste for aviation. And in general, people who have a culture of aviation are much easier customers to deal with 
because uh, they already share the same culture. And in general, any pilot uh, wants safety. For example, me, even when I fly my power paraglider, the last thing I would like is someone who flies a, dra a drone, you know, without precaution nearby. That would be really a danger for me as a pilot. So um, I, I really want uh, people to understand that safety is very important for any kind of drone operation. And there's several things to that, several aspects to that. One of them is simply the moral aspect, because in manned aviation, there is people on board. So if you fly your drone in a reckless manner, uh, you're going to endanger the life of human beings. So that's already the, the, the main, the most important thing, uh, uh, I think, that when it comes to safety. And the second thing is for people who calculate a bit more and who don't care too much about man uh, safety, let's say human safety, I would just tell them, I would like to tell them that they also have maybe a legal responsibility and it can cost them a lot of money if they if they do a crash an aircraft. So uh, they better be careful with their operation and the safety in operation. And and yeah, it happened to me many times that customers want results very fast, and they they try to tell me that okay, there is no problem, we can fly today. Don't worry, I want the civil aviation. The airspace is. Uh, is uh, segregated uh, don't worry my friend let's fly okay and i start to fly and uh, after 10 minutes or or so i see a, a helicopter flying low pass uh coming right at us so i have no chance but uh, no other option but to abort the mission in an abrupt way to say the least uh yeah for me i prefer to crash a drone but at least I will not get in 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 uh, in a collision with a manned aircraft. I think that is one hundred percent right attitude uh, towards. Thank you towards very that. much. Um, <clears throat> that brings me to to another very interesting point that I know that you are uh, very passionate about, um, and that is probably in the short to mid long future, we'll have. Um, drones that, that carry people, yeah. um, something that we call right now air taxis. What is your what is your view on that? Well, that is a that is a very vast subject. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating because it will definitely happen. People maybe don't realize, but they're like, okay, this is another like idea, big dream, but it will happen. And, uh, well, there is something quite incredible. Imagine, I mean, I, I would go into one of those air taxis or air car with pleasure, but I want to be able to regain control of the machine should anything go wrong. So that I think there should always be at least a, a way to man this aircraft uh, and and land it to say to a safe place should the systems uh, malfunction and i think of course you need uh, a lot of safety devices like for example safety parachutes that, that those are very very important in case the rotors go wrong uh, and uh, so i think uh, redundant systems and all safety should be applied 
so that we make this kind of operation as safe as possible. I personally think like you need uh, several systems of parachutes and you need airbags at the at the back of the machine, like uh, the, the under under the belly of the machine, so that should anything go wrong, you can just like pop up the parachute and just like uh, land on the airbag system, so that yeah. at least the persons are not too injured inside the inside the inside this flying car so i think it's going to be the mission is going to be to make these machines as safe as possible and also there is a very big challenge uh, in terms of civil aviation to integrate those cars into uh, the air the air the airspace and so, but everything is feasible. It's just a question of, uh, uh, I think, communicating well uh, one with the others. So let's say the drone world has to communicate well with the aviation world. And I think we need to um, we need to talk to each other and and uh, and to make it as safe as possible for everybody. Yeah, and that's not only for air taxis, right? That's yeah, it's for... not only for air taxis. <laughs> It's for everything in the drone world. Um, how long do you think it will take? Five years, 10 years, 20 years? Oh, okay. Or you uh, don't want to answer that? No, I I, I mean, it's okay. I, I have to make a guess. Uh, I of think the technology, the technology is already there. Uh, what is, the, I think the for now, the blocking point is the integration into the airspace, and there is a very big work with the civil aviation authorities around the world. But the technology is it's already possible to have a unmanned uh, vehicle carrying uh, human passengers. Right now, it, it, it is feasible. You could even do something very simple. It's just um, you can you can already take a, a helicopter and already put uh, autopilot on it and uh, fly it uh, with some people on board who, and nobody is, is manning the aircraft. It is feasible. The only thing is, of course, who would like to go there? And if you don't know how to land a helicopter uh, and something goes wrong, well, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, I think everything will come. So I think the air taxis, I would say the first air taxis would should come between five to 10 years. If I'm very optimistic, five to ten years. If I'm a bit more uh, reasonable, let's say within the next decade, end of the next decade, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair guess. Um, stay on on the topic of focus uh, on safety. Um, you've traveled a lot with a lot of drones, um, and as most of of the listeners know, traveling with drones is not very easy. It comes with a lot of challenges, um, like making sure that the drone gets there like without breaking. Um, but there's also a big issue of like transporting batteries and, and all that stuff. How has that been for you? Oh, it's been uh, it's been always, always uh, a challenge uh, because, of course, when you travel with your drone, uh, you always need to carry the batteries with you. So me, mostly I travel with light drones, so I didn't have to carry too many batteries or such a heavy weight of batteries. So in general, what I do is I always take the batteries with me uh, in the airplane. I put them in the overhead compartment 
each battery is locked in a safety bag and uh, and my idea is if there would be any problem with a malfunctioning battery uh, of fire uh, what I would do at least I have a bit more time in front of me to inform uh, inform the pilot that there is something going wrong with the battery there's a fire on board and we need to land the air, the airplane immediately so I think it's better to have the information uh, firsthand and just react quickly uh, I am against putting drone batteries uh, in um, in in the aircraft but out of sight of uh, if we don't have a system to immediately detect the fire uh, that that poses a, a real a real threat so for now the, the the lithium ion technology of battery unfortunately as we know uh, is not perfect so i hope in the future there will be better technologies uh, and safer of course uh, and so that the batteries don't self ignite uh, I'm talking about something very rare. Another thing I do uh, as as a pilot is I always, uh, if I have any swollen battery, any uh, I don't. First of all, I never use old batteries uh, when I go when I, I have to fly with them. So, uh, but should any battery start to to be a bit swollen or if it if it got even a micro impact, uh, I leave it with the customer. So that the customer can use it for training, uh, controlling their system. But I don't want to fly with this battery back to my uh, to my headquarters. Let's say. No, of course not. Voila. <laughs> um, yeah, you've you've been in the business for uh, eleven years now. Yes. How do you think the next two to five years will look like for you? Wow, that's. Uh... That's a difficult question, uh, but at the same time, I, I can see that there is so many new things that are going to come. I, I saw the industry evolve from really pioneer times where, where we were, uh, when we were flying machines that were really still very shaking, uh, very wobbly, and now we are going to go we are already we already have much better machines than 10 years ago. Uh, so now I think the industry will reach a, a, a better level of maturity. And uh, so now it opens the way for very big developments. And I think now the drone industry is going to take off for real. Uh, and so this is why I'm, I'm very thrilled to be, to be there at this particular moment, uh, because everything is going to happen now in the next years in the next few years everything including aerial mobility which is it's been a dream for a long time but it will happen and uh, so I'm, I'm so excited to be there right now at this moment as a drone agent i 100 percent agree with what you're saying because what we saw with in the drone market is that we had this crazy boom like what is it five to eight years ago then everybody starting doing things with drones then a lot of those companies failed and now we're more maturing and now it's more like all the serious guys are still there and everyone who's joining has to be serious because the rest of the market is already pretty mature so i fully agree that the next two to five years it's going to really boom 
Um, what is your personal like biggest success success story? Oh, <laughs> there has been a. a... Well, I don't want to boast, but there's there's been a, quite a few, <laughs> and uh, no, I I can say one of them because one of them was uh, okay. I I went to see this company in Australia, and uh, and we we were connecting well together, and uh, they decided that okay, we checked the weather. It was in Melbourne, and the weather was not so good at that time was like rain and wind and uh, we, and they just said well why not send the whole team to gold coast gold coast is a more tropical uh, is a tropical yeah. location and so we we shifted from uh, melbourne which is a very beautiful city and then we went all to to gold coast and we did uh, we did the training there and it went really really very well and uh, I really appreciate it because the the Australians were very friendly to me, and uh, we combined the uh, surfing in the morning, and uh, with uh, uh, very early in the morning. Uh, it's before before nine o'clock, uh, <laughs> of course. And and which is already uh, very nice. And then we we would uh, do the instruction uh, the rest of the time, and it was really perfect because we combine we combine a uh, very good. Uh, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time together, also hanging out. I really appreciate hanging out with happy customers. And in the end, what I like to do, one of the things I, I love to do is to see the customers when they can totally understand the system and operate their, their, their machines. And they start to do also the work uh, on themselves. And so, so this is also one of the greatest success I've, I've had is to see customers actually, when I start not to work, it means that I did my job correctly. And I yeah. see, I, I can just look, witness my, my customers uh, do the field operation themselves and get results. And this is like, for me, the biggest success. This is what I see happy customer. So if you, if you want my biggest success, my biggest success is every time I see a happy customer. That's nice. It's a good promotion for, for an agent as well. Um, and I, I totally agree. Yeah, for me, it's, it's the same. Um, I, I succeed if my if the if my users don't need me anymore and they know everything and they're doing things 200% more efficient then then I know I did a good job on the other hand um there's probably some some pretty pretty hard lessons that you learned over those 11 years as well oh yes <laughs> <laughs> what what was what is one of the things that comes to your mind well, the things that come to my mind is each time there is, you know, because in this industry at the beginning, some companies, they, they wanted to, um, to attract the investors and, and they wanted to attract the, the, the customers. So sometimes they tend to overpromise. And one of the typical overpromises you, you would get at that time is the on the flying time of the machine. They would say, oh, the machine will fly 30 minutes. But the problem is like when you go to your customer and the condition, the weather conditions are, let's say, imagine a very cold climate. Um, then, of course, the flying time cannot be of 30 minutes. It is reduced because the batteries cannot fly. The, the machine cannot fly as long in these very hard conditions. And so you have to explain patiently to the customer, look, 
I'm very sorry. The flight time is only today is only 15 minutes. And I will even have to reduce it to 12 minutes to keep three minutes of safety just to be able to land the aircraft. Or if there is any problem, you always need to, to get a margin of, of safety. But sometimes the customers, uh, they're not happy at all with that. They're like, okay, you promise uh, 30 minutes of flying time on the catalog. And, and here, how come we're only flying 10 or 12 minutes? Uh, that's unacceptable. And uh, and they get uh, they would get uh, very disappointed and uh, and so a, a, a good part of the job was to uh, calmly explain and 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 try to but but sometimes people are are really so disappointed that uh, the, the worst is not even a question of flying time actually the worst is when the system doesn't just work at all this can yeah. happen this can happen sometimes you go on a mission. You're ready. Everybody's ready. You go there, and there could be a problem, a little technical problem that just makes it non-exploitable. And this is the worst because you have to explain to the customers: Look, we block a whole team here, and we're ready to do this mission. And I know it's so important for you, but I'm so sorry uh, for some reason that I can't control this machine. Cannot fly today after you've tried for hours to. Uh, to try to solve the problem with the technical department, and, they, and there's simply nothing to do because you get a problem. With... It happened. It's very rare. It happened to me only once, but but it's it's. I can tell you that was uh, talking about a failure. That was a epic failure. Yes, it was. But you learned a lot of lessons from it. I can imagine. Yes, I did. Um, I think that was most of it benoit is there anything that you really want to talk about that we haven't discussed yet uh let me check the questions um i think we i think we we had a an, an overview of the of the drone uh, of the drone industry um yeah i think we we we, we saw we uh, do you have uh, more questions for you so a question you didn't ask yet you would like to know uh, and I'd be happy to answer. I, I have asked everything that I wanted to know. Um, I think what I can give you is um, some time to promote yourself. If people need a, a drone agent, what do they need to do? Oh, uh, it's simple. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to contact me. Uh, they can find me easily on LinkedIn. Uh, Benoit Ribeiro, they will find it. Uh, and uh, they just simply need to contact me on LinkedIn, uh, better even if they address me an email. And then uh, we also, what I do with, with customers is, is I do have some meetings. And uh, so I can explain a little bit more what I can do for them. Uh, so I'd be very happy to, to, to talk and see what we can do together. All right, perfect. I will, I will link your, your LinkedIn profile and your email address. Uh, in the description of the podcast as well if people want to reach you um and for the rest i don't have anything thank you so much for for joining me on the podcast it was really a pleasure um it's the first time that i met a uas agent or a drone agent it's the first yeah it's the first person i interviewed who likes surfing like i do um so it was really nice meeting you benoit thank you 
Thank you, thank you very much, Leonard. And uh, I'm looking forward to surfing uh, some waves together when you come over to Porto. Drone Business Talk is brought to you by iDroneNet, the drone management platform. iDroneNet makes it easy to fly professional drones in safe, legal, and profitable way. iDroneNet clears the air so you can focus on your mission and fly more.